Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A lot of it wasn't anything fun. Nope, nope. No, it wasn't pitches or... But nothing really that people would say is fun, just more the getting healthy, maintaining strength to, to stay healthy. I don't have to go through a whole season. That's something that no one really thinks about when they're doing the offseason. They're just thinking of, ooh, what pitch can I add? What can I do? Like, what's That's all the fun stuff, but I was doing the nitty-gritty and the boring stuff. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, till 11 o'clock. That was Hayden Wesneski on the Marquee Sports Network after a strong outing against the Mariners, Bruce. Hayden Wesneski has made his presence felt already in spring training. It is early. There's four weeks to go, roughly, till opening day. They have a fifth starter spot available. It is up for competition. David Ross has said that. Bruce, he's a young pitcher. Maybe they would favor more experience in that spot, but Hayden Wesneski's not going to go away quietly. How impressed are you by the young man, and what are, what are your expectations for him at the beginning of the season? You know, uh, Jim uh, Jim uh, Deshays and uh, our buddy Ron Coomer, who does such a great job with Pat Hughes on our all of our Cub games on the score, and I were texting during that game, and uh, I was just, you know, surprised Wisniewski. You know, his stuff plays so well at the major league level, but it, it's not overwhelming stuff. But, you know, you look at his slider, and, and there's some late, late break on the ball that's to just get on the hitter and they're not prepared for it. So this guy, he goes out there and uh, all he does is throw strikes and uh, show that he's a big league pitcher. I'm I'm impressed with the guy. I was impressed last year when he came up and, and won three ball games for the Cubs. Uh, I think that th- he's going to fit right in and I, I hope I hope he develops uh, you know the, the way that uh, Steele and Thompson did last year. Do you think there's anything to looking at what the Cubs do with that fifth spot in the rotation as, if not a referendum on their, their what they're going to be this year, as maybe an indication of how good they, they expect to be or not? Because it's not that the alternatives have a ton more experience or are more proven than Hayden Wesneski, who is basically going to be entering his first full season as a major leaguer if he makes the team. But Bruce, Adrian Sampson, Javier Assad are guys who might be more, they've been Cubs longer, or they may have the trust that is more uh, developed. Do you think that it's anything more than 
Um, if they, if they bring him up, they have lesser expectations for that role, or or how do you define the Cubs' expectations through that lens of the fifth starter? You know, I think it's a fascinating question, David, that you bring up because you you, you take that question that you just asked and you say, what what is the goal of Hoyer in the front office? Okay, is it to develop players as you're still uh, bringing, you know, you, you 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 brought in Bellinger. Okay, that's a one-year deal. Okay, you have Hap. He's still a one-year deal in left field right now. Uh, you have catchers that are on. Um, you, you have catchers that are not there for the long run. Uh, so what what the what the Cubs are truly trying to do this year that they weren't the last couple of years is compete in that division, but not to get sidetracked from developing these players like Assad, like Wesneski, uh, giving them that opportunity, those innings to maybe go through some a few hard times, but also the fact that you came into the big leagues, you threw strikes, you had initial success. We're going to give you the opportunity to go out there and uh, win. Yeah, they made a uh, you know big commitment uh, to Tyone. That was, that was good. They still have the veteran in Hendricks that's hopefully there by May 1st. Stroman can walk after this year. He's got another year left after this one. Um, they have to develop their own pitchers. And that's, to me, answering that question, number one thing in 2023 for the Cubs, developing their starting pitchers, having guys like Steele taking the next step and, and just showing that there are going to be a contending team with a, a rotation, which they've they've made a commitment to over the last, you know, two or three years saying this is what we're going to be all about. Uh, so that is the number one goal. If I'm if I'm uh, Mr. Ricketts and I'm uh, Hoyer in the front office, that's my number one goal for this year. Great segue into what happened Friday night with the Cubs. You seven pitchers to no hit the, the San Diego Padres first spring, no hitter since March 24th. 2017 and Justin Steele who I think created some consternation by skipping a starter or having some issues with his arm last week when we talked about a bruise he came out and threw two strong innings you know face Manny Machado got over that talked about the value in his outing and he gave way to Assad and then there were five more starters after that and that that's a testament to what you're talking about the Cubs if they believe their strength is in their pitching staff and the depth of these young pitchers you're seeing that reflected in an outing like last night where Albert Alzali contributed there were other guys Estrada Sanders Boxberger were the other pitchers and then closed it out by I didn't realize he was even in the organization Nick Birdie a local guy who now is catching on with the Cubs trying to find a spot seven pitchers combined for a no-hitter Bruce that's a good sign for the Cubs pitching depth look I uh... You know, I, I think the Cubs are going to win somewhere between 77 and 85 games this year, okay, if they stay healthy. <clears throat> right now, I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy about their bullpen, but that can still evolve. Uh, but to me, I, I just, I don't care if they win or not this year as a observer of the game. And if you're a fan, you know, certainly you want your team to win. And I think Hoyer has given them, the opportunity to win more games this year. But I, I don't think that we're looking at the, 
team that they're envisioning being the contending team in 2024, 25, 26. I, I don't think we're seeing a lot of those players. If you look at the starting lineup, left field, center field, catcher, um, <clears throat> uh, third base, first base, th- those are those are incomplete positions right now. They're, mm-hmm. They've been fortified for this year, but the, the, they don't have the answers that they hope to have there. Uh, the starting rotation, two or three years away, from, two two or three pitchers away from being, you know, the young core that they want to have for the future. The bullpen evolving. So uh, again, I, I like everything that Hoyer did this off season, um, but as far as picking them to beat the Cardinals or pass Milwaukee, it's it's going to take uh, it's going to take all these veteran players. They have really good bounce back years in order to do the, that. Those are two very different things to me. I don't expect them to beat the Cardinals, but I do hope they pass the Brewers. And I am going to hold them to a standard of they, they, they spent over $300 million on, on free agents. I, I want that to result in a season where they contend, where they flirt with a wild card spot. I do care. I want them to win more than 85 games or around there. I want them to win more than 80 games and flirt with the idea of getting to the postseason. I do think it matters. That, that would be a step. That would be a statement. Look, ride the pitching and defense that you have now put together with run prevention being a priority. Do that and win that way. You don't have a power hitter. You don't have a star. My goodness, now you have a right fielder, Bruce, who's out until when? What's going on with Seiya Suzuki? To me, that was the biggest story of the week because here I am trying to muster this enthusiasm, make the argument to believe that the Cubs can be a wild card contender this year, and Seiya Suzuki's got an oblique strain that's going to put him out until past opening day, and then what? That, that to me, was troublesome, and I don't know how they replace him. I don't think they're going to have to try, but waiting for him to come back and return to form is going to be a frustrating exercise. It will, and, and it, it is a big loss. Uh, physically, you know, replacing the player and mentally, you know, for that lineup, you had so much hope. He came back uh, this season bigger and stronger, gained 40 or 20 pounds of, um, of weight and muscle and uh, wanted to gear up and be ready for opening day. So psychologically, this, this is a, a, a tough thing for the team to deal with. Uh, I would hold him out as long as you think it's necessary. If it's May 1st, I would go, okay, May 1st. You know, yeah, uh, again, I, I know. Obliques, I, are, obliques are, are very tricky. If you come back too early from that, this could be something that limits you all year long. Do you think there's a connection between the fact that he came back all jacked up looking like an NFL cornerback and the fact that he has a strained oblique muscle? Are you suggesting next offseason he stick to beer and pizza? Uh, I'm, I'm always a beer and pizza guy. Okay. Okay. So, um, look, I think, um, getting stronger was a good idea. I don't like, I don't like the idea of gaining 20 pounds. I think they felt he was a good enough ball player, uh, for five years and, uh, the 70, whatever million they, they decided or $80 million they decided to pay him, uh, without that extra muscle. I thought he was a good ball player last year. If you remember back in April, uh, when he started out, he's one of the better players in the league, you know. Before he before he uh, started to adjust, I I didn't I didn't see the need for him to gain weight. I don't think they ever envisioned him being a thirty to forty home run guy for them. I thought he was going to be a 
a solid 285 hitter, hit 20 home runs, drive in 75 to, to 90, play a, a really good right field. I think that's what I thought Seiya Suzuki was going to be. He missed a month with a with a hurt finger in June last year. I wonder what the oblique's going to do to him. I, I do worry about that, Bruce. I have to say, I don't know how quickly he'll come back. And, and the replacements without him, that is a different team. And I think that what they do in right field and maybe in conjunction with that at third base may change the short-term course for Christopher Morrell, who you talked last week and you said you were unsure whether or not he would make the team. This has got to increase his chances, doesn't it? Or, or will he be affected at all by this, do you think? Well, I, I think there's a great opportunity for him out there. Uh, you know, again, when Wisdom is uh, back in the field uh, playing full-time because he's dealing with a little groin uh, injury this week as well, um, you know, he's played outfield. So are you you're better off with him in right field uh, on a temporary situation and keep the – 25 to 30 home run bat in the lineup from there. And, you know, what about uh, Talkman? We have what about Talkman? Even, Who's this Talkman guy? Well, the Talkman's, former Yankee. Talkman's starting. He's he's playing right field today. Okay. He's okay. in the lineup. So they're going to take a look at him there. The, my guy, who I told you about, you know, Rios is starting at third base today. For the Tell Cubs. me more about Rios, Bruce. So, Tell me more about Edwin Rios. He's got, got a lot of power. He just has been riding benches for the Dodgers up and back from AAA there. <clears throat> pretty pretty good-looking guy. Uh, you know, don't don't turn away from uh, Rios. He's uh, so, he's somebody that might be making that lineup. Uh, they're, they're taking a look at McKinstry as a, a backup shortstop as well. So there, there are a lot of decisions for David Ross and the front office to make about this roster going into the season. Tell me I'm crazy, okay? So Trey Mancini may get a look at a, at a right field as a corner outfielder. If he does that, and may, maybe Matt Mervis continues to impress. Maybe Matt Ner- Mervis, who I think going away and playing for the WBC for, for Team Israel, good for him. I understand that, but I don't think that it's going to help him make an impression on the Cubs because he's not going to be in camp. So that's going to maybe delay or – or interrupt some of the progress he has made. Because, Bruce, we heard from David Ross earlier this week on the Marquee broadcast talking about Matt Mervis, and he made quite a comparison that I think is worth listening to. Here's what David Ross had to say. Felt really good about his uh, progress last year and put himself on the map, and he's a guy that uh, hopefully continues on that trend. He's got kind of a Rizzo body, doesn't he? I, you know, I didn't want to compare him. I'm glad you said it, J.D., I didn't. But just the whole, like, it's like the shoulders are just really long and thick, the, the, the neck, you know, just the whole thing. He's just got a presence about him in the box. He's a very simple, quiet young man, but a really good way about him so far. David Ross agreed with Jim Deshays when he said he reminds him of Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> Headlines. <laughs> but, yeah, right. That's always the problem, right? <laughs> Oh, Rossi said you're yeah, going to be Anthony. No, no, no. Yeah, no. We're no. talking body type. Yes. Who knows what he ultimately will be. This is what we do, Bruce. Let, he did compare him to David, Anthony Rizzo. David, let me get this right. You're saying that Mervis playing for Team Israel isn't kosher. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, that's what you're saying. I'm here all week, David. David, I'm here all week. That's almost as good as the Raising Cane thing. I don't think people really registered. That was a really good Look, moment there for you, Bruce. I think Mervis is going to be your everyday first baseman at Triple A for the first three months of the season. And if he continues to pound the ball like he did in the minor leagues last year, 
and develop. By the end of June, I want him playing first base every day for the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. Uh, I, I don't want Hosmer there. I, I don't want Mancini there. I want them to be a part, you know, hopefully of a team that contends and does well. But I think as we talked about player development, that Mervis, you know, dominating AAA and coming up and being ready July 1st to uh, play first base with Cubs is an important thing to look at if you're a Cub fan. You know, I think that's a great expectation. And it is fascinating to me because it, it ties into what we mentioned about Hayden Wisniewski. If this team is going to be about contending and chasing that final wild card spot or whatever the case may be, you wonder how that will affect their decision-making to, to focus on the present, to maybe give Hosmer or Mancini or veterans more at-bats than maybe a guy like Mervis by virtue of that, you know, the, the fifth starter spot to give more starts to maybe Drew Smiley at the time or whatever veteran is in place or in the way of Hayden Wesneski. I don't know the answer to that, Bruce, but I do think Matt Mervis made an impression before leaving for Team Israel, and when he comes back, they may have an easy decision to make, and AAA Iowa may be where he starts the season, but I don't really think if he finishes it there, he'll – that would be a surprise maybe the way he's at least made the first strong opening impression. This is somebody who is very uh, fluid in the box and he looks like a professional hitter already. Before we get out of this segment, talking about the Cubs, David, I, I want your impressions of what you've seen, what you've read, what you've watched on marquee with uh, Nick Madrigal at third base. You know what? He's an easy target for a lot of people. And I know the ex Sox fans among us, look at Nick Madrigal, and he's always going to be a reminder of unfulfilled potential, a symbol of disappointment because he was drafted highly and didn't really live up to that, that, that uh, draft status. But I give him a lot of credit for making the transition. I was fascinated to hear him describe the difference in watching the pitcher and, and his, uh, how Scott Rowland taught him about where to focus when he's at third base as opposed to being a middle infielder. Nick Madrigal defensively might not be somebody you trust but offensively if he is if he is able to do enough defensively to stay on the roster offensively you can find a spot for him I'm I'm pulling for Nick Madrigal because I think he can be a hitter uh, but he's got to improve the other intangible aspects of his game so the one tell that I had from the game yesterday that he played when he he hit a ground ball a shortstop a bang-bang play, he beat it out for an infield hit. To me, that was the most significant thing that I could think of watching spring baseball for Nick Madrigal and the Cubs, the fact that he was able to bust it and let it all hang out, knowing how many uh, groin and, and leg issues he's had early on in his career. And, and, you know, again, it's an early spring game. Most of the time, guys are not going to be doing that. Madrigal is running like he's trying to make a team, okay? And that is impressive to me, and it's impressive he? that he came out of that on Isn't top. he? Isn't he trying to make a team? I mean, he is, right? I, I he's on the bubble. I, I, he's fighting. David, let's take it a step further. He's fighting for his major league career right now uh, for, for any team because if he's not with the Cubs, he's not, he's not your prototypical utility guy. You know, they're, they're moving him to third, but – Nobody ever said he was a shortstop. He's a second baseman trying to make it as a third baseman, trying to show the Cubs in Major League Baseball 
that he's a big league quality player that can stay on the field. So he's fighting for his major league career right now. And uh, and it was it was fun to watch him do that yesterday. Fun to watch him busted. And uh, and by all by all reports and what I've seen, he's really taken to third base very well. Last quick thought on Madrigal, Bruce. If he makes the team, say he plays uh, occasionally because of injuries or whatever the case may be, who's your leadoff hitter on this team? Nico Horner has done it now four or five days in a row. They like him there. He's not your prototypical leadoff hitter. I don't know what that means anymore, but what would you say the Cubs' best option is for the leadoff spot? Uh, Dexter Fowler. He's right there across the street at Marquee. He go, we go. He's ready. He's he's ready to go. Bruce, no, look, look, they they haven't had a a guy since Fowler was the leadoff man for the Cubs. Okay, that was what what was the last time? Two two thousand seventeen. They haven't had a guy play more than fifty six games as the uh, leadoff man on the Cubs in a season. So, uh, find you know, finding whether it's Horner or whether it's a Madrigal or. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm sure. I'm. I'm. I'm good with Horner, but neither. Neither one of those guys walk, David. They're. They're not. They're that, not walking players. They're hitters. That's why it's not the prototypical leadoff spot anymore. Because who. Who does walk that much? At, who leads off? It's a different role. To find if I wonder how the the bigger bases and the stolen base emphasis might affect who who leads off on on different teams. That may change the way lineup construction. Hey, Bruce. By the way, I can't wait to be. I would love to be in the marquee. Sports Network green room when you and Dexter Fowler are in there together and you have to explain to him why you think Cody Bellinger could be the best center fielder for the last 20 years on the Cubs. I have to explain to him why I'm even in that room. Okay. First of all. <laughs> okay. You know, he'll, he'll look at me and go, Bruce, what are you doing here? I said, well, you know, Mike McCarthy, Mike Santini, you know. You they, belong, Bruce. You bring it every time I'm, you're I'm on okay. the air. Whether but it's, it, it's going to be fun to work with Dex. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, – I think him and Cliff Floyd bring an awful lot to the, the pre- and post games. It's going to be a fun year there. All right, White Sox fans, we're going to look back. 1990, the last season at Old Comiskey Park. Last Comiskey, the creator, will join us next. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. With more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. That was Ken the Hawk Harrelson back in 1990, the last out at Old Comiskey Park, the original. And that brings us to our next guest, who is the creator of a project called Last Comiskey on YouTube, released on Wednesday night. Uh, it will also be released on next Thursday, part two, and part three on March 16th. Matt Flesh works in healthcare communications in Chicago, and he joins us now on the Circa Resort or Casino in Las Vegas. Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. So this covers the last season at Old Comiskey, 1990. You talked with Ozzie Guillen. You talked with Dan Evans. You thought, boy, they were very excited. I think we'll go deeper into this. Could just for our listeners, the Sox fans out there that remember 1990 fondly, how would you describe the origin of this project and what, what it became a passion project for you? Yeah, it really started out with my brother Mike and I during COVID. You know, everything locked down and we watched The Last Dance and we loved that. And we were thinking, you know, what are some of the great untold Chicago stories? And this was a year that just captured us. I mean, I was 15. I still thought I was going to be a Major League Baseball player. And that team was just so exciting. Young players coming up, Frank Thomas, Robin Ventura, and then he had the veterans, Fisk and, you know, Guillen really coming into his own. And in the backdrop of that, you have this Goliath that they're fighting, the A's, in that team. And then it's the ballparks last year. So 
there's just so much going on that year and there's just so much fun, you know, there was just so many fun aspects of that season that we wanted to get into. Matt, as um, you talk to different people like Ozzie Gian and, uh, you know, certainly, you know, all the, the people that were around at that time, what, what, what was, was there one underlying thought about the, the culture of Comiskey Park, the ambiance of Comiskey Park, the, the way the fans reacted to, to, to Comiskey Park compared to other ballparks? Yeah, a lot of the players they talked about that how the play, how the fans felt so close to them at Old Kibiski Park. Ozzie talked about you know it felt like the people in the upper deck and the lower deck were were right there like part of the team. They talked about how loud it would get in that stadium. Ozzy, Scott Fletcher, all those players had. I, one of the things I was surprised about is how nostalgic they were about playing there because. If you remember, a lot of the players back then, the, the facilities weren't great, and they complained, um, and they were excited about getting into the new park. But they look back with a lot of fondness uh, for for that stadium and, and a lot of nostalgia. So it was surprising to me just to hear all these players looking back so fondly and appreciating having the chance to play there because it, it was so loud. It was There was such an energy. It was like a carnival atmosphere. It was a really special place. It's called Last Comiskey. It runs three parts. The first one, 90 minutes long, and you can find it on YouTube. You talked, Matt, with 13 former Sox players, including Nancy Faust, the organist, and I think that's a lot of fun. People hear her name, and, and they br- it brings a smile to a lot of Sox fans' faces. But I found it fascinating in learning how you told the story and had to you know, get players lined up and contact them. You're doing this during the pandemic. Scott Fletcher, you had to reach out, and you found him in South Korea? Yeah, he's coaching a team out there. But yeah, that was a, that was the crazy part. I don't think without the pandemic, you know, I, I have no film resume, and I'm not sure that these players would be talking to me. Um, but with the pandemic, they all learned how to do Zoom, and they were all game for doing 20 minutes uh, talking on the phone about about that great year. Matt, when you uh, you think about the characters, I mean, as a, a kid growing up, I had the privilege of you know, attending a ton of games at Comiskey Park, a ton of games at Wrigley Field, have had the privilege of being a reporter uh, for the first part of my career at yeah. Old Comiskey Park. Um, what what separated the the difference in, in the fan base? Because I, I know I know the fans when when I would go out there as a kid, like on a Friday night. Okay, we're talking about uh, late fifties and early sixties and and Pierce, Billy Pierce was pitching for the White Sox, Whitey Ford for the Yankees, okay? The atmosphere there was unbelievable, okay? You'd have 40,000 people, and a lot of them would have uh, more than their share of alcohol by the second or third <laughs> inning. It would be usually a payday, a Friday. And um, it sometimes it wasn't the safest place in the world, but it was a magical place for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I, I grew up listening to stories uh, from my dad about those those '50s teams, and that's a big part of what I, I was trying to capture here because I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, it was such a festive kind of carnival environment, and I, I think you know I remember going to games when I was a kid, and just fans were crazy, and and that was you know at an age where I didn't realize that alcohol had anything to do with it. 
I just remember going to Sox games and these fans are just out of their minds. Um, you know, it's like every single fan had their shirt off back then. It was like a, maybe it's mandatory you had to take your shirt off to go to a Sox game if you look at that old video. And I mean, that's what I was trying to capture with this, like with this with this project. I wanted to give a feel of. What was it like to be at the game? You know, what was it like to be a vendor? We have a whole segment on the vendors in part two where we talked to a bunch of people who were vendors in the 70s just talking about selling beer in the bathroom and telling people, hey, take one for the road. And I just really wanted to capture the, the environment of Comiskey Park, not just the team and what was going on the field, but what was going on, you know, in, in the clubhouse with, among the fans. Like you mentioned Nancy. She's a Chicago icon, invented the walk-up uh, song, Nana, hey, hey, just the carnival atmosphere that her and others brought to it. It was just it was such a fun place to be. Talking with Matt Flesh, the creator of Last Comiskey, you can find it on YouTube. It's 90 minutes long, episode one. The next two episodes will drop in the coming weeks. And, Matt, you go back to 1990 and you recount that final season at Old Comiskey Park, but you also include some other things that maybe created some context for that season, you talk about Dick Gallen, you talk about the Southside Hitmen in 1977. How do those things uh, factor into what you did in this documentary, and, and how special are those memories to Sox fans of a certain age as well? Yeah, I think if you ask any Sox fan, they'll, they'll tell you like what was their year that they loved, where they just they became a huge fan. For me, it was 1990. A lot of people, 1983, but so many people talk about that 77 team with the Hitmen. It's just being such an exciting year out there. And then 72 uh, with Dick Allen just kind of captured the whole city with with the year he had. And we, we tried to kind of weave all that, uh, at least 72 and 77, kind of through the Nancy Faust narrative uh, because she, you know, playing the Jesus Christ superstar for Dick Allen kind of put her on the map. You know, organists weren't really doing that kind of walk-up stuff. And that started a trend. And then 77, of course, na na hey hey and when people recall why they loved those teams so much, it's the players, it's, the, you know, in both instances, teams that kind of came out of nowhere and were much better than anybody thought. And then, um, you know, just they, I think one of you asked, like, what's different about Sox fans? It's, I, I think they just, you remember, and this is probably true of a lot of baseball teams, but it, it's family. You know, if you're a Sox fan, it feels like family. And being at that park really kind of was like a home away from home. Matt, uh, the personalities at the ballpark were unbelievable. Okay, we're talking Andy the Clown. We're talking Drummer Boy. Okay, you know, people who don't know what I'm talking about right now, uh, I'm sure, you know, your dad told you about these people. I'm sure that through this documentary, some of these people uh, that you interviewed talked about, but, you know, Andy the Clown with Go You White Sox. And uh, there you go. And then you have Drummer Boy, this guy who would be, going up and down the uh, aisles behind the first row of, of the box seats, playing a drum the entire time the, the whole game is going on. Those type of personalities do not exist at baseball games any longer. It was so unique, and I wonder if you were able to capture any of that in your interviews. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion about about that. Um, I didn't do a whole lot on Andy the Clown, although he is mentioned. Tom Scherer has a great story about uh, Eddie Einhorn wanting to get rid of Andy the Clown. And Andy the Clown went in there for a meeting and actually got like a raise and an extension. <laughs> so uh, just what a great uh, story that was. And yeah, going to, going to White Sox games, here's this clown, you know, and he's walking around and 
doing the go white Sox thing. And yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't see that kind of thing. And, you know, our first installment also gets into this chicken Willie who, you know, fans probably didn't know as well, although some do recall him. And, you know, just another incredible character who's, you know, nowadays you have restaurants in the clubhouse and every player's probably got a dietitian, but back in 1990, you had chicken Willie, cooking fried chicken and hot dogs wrapped in bacon, yeah, and that's what they're eating during them, the game. <laughs> not only did you have them cooking it, but it smelled throughout the entire corridor as well as the clubhouse because yeah. Chicken Willie was one of the most revered people uh, in that clubhouse. He was loved by everybody, but it was chicken every night for dinner, and it was his style of uh, fried chicken. And uh, you were either going to eat that or you were going to go out to the corridor and, and buy yourself a uh, a beef sandwich or a hot dog. And hey, I'll, I'll add to that. Uh, on the 1990 White Sox, just about every guy played 150 games eating Chicken Willie's food. So maybe there's something to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Matt, before we let you go, real quick, you were 15 at the time, so maybe this really stung and certainly left, uh, you looked at this differently than you do now that you're a professional. You're in your 40s, certainly. And do you wonder still? why they didn't preserve old Comiskey Park. Do you look at Wrigley Field and feel like, boy, you know, I wonder if they had to build a new one on the south side. Did they have to do that? Are there ways that that could have been restored, refurbished, whatever the case may be? Do you look at it differently now than you did then? Yeah, I, of course. I I think if Comiskey Park was still around and they were able to renovate it, it would be a landmark. That, you know, people would visit Chicago and they'd, even if they're not baseball fans, hey, check out the oldest park in all of baseball, uh, this incredible place. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's tough. I, I wish they would have renovated it. I, I understand what was going on. You know, as a kid in 15, I was sad because that was the year I just I started to realize how special it was. And uh, the new park at first was tough to swallow, but I feel like they've done a good job. And, uh, and you know, it's home now. But, uh, yeah, I, I would love – and I also would love if when they built the new stadium, if they just replicated the old park a little bit more, mainly the upper deck. I wish they, you know, the upper deck of the old park was the place. It was amazing. Nancy up there. And then just the view was incredible up there. I mean, you were right on the field. And so if I had one wish, it would be that they would redo the upper deck, put the upper decks in the outfield so we can get rooftop shots and uh, get rid of those suites and bring the fans back down closer to the action. Matt Flesh, thank you for joining us. Great documentary. I hope it uh, people appreciate it. The next two episodes that come out the next two Thursday nights. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Last Comiskey is where you can find uh, – you go to YouTube and find Last Comiskey. It is a documentary on the 1990 White Sox season, the last season for Old Comiskey Park. Bruce, when we come back, we're going to talk about the pitch clock, and we're going to do it fast because we're on the clock. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse. Want to remind everybody, Cup Spring training information here on The Score and Talk is sponsored by Sloan, the official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. And Bruce, the most dominant topic in every spring training camp this March is the pitch clock. Do you like it? Do you not like it? How does it affect pitchers? How does it affect hitters? How does it affect base dealers? Max Scherzer had some fun with it yesterday. Had a balk called because he was trying to quick pitch somebody. He's trying to figure out where the limits are. A guy like Max Scherzer can do that. You wonder about the young pitchers figuring out where their limits are and how it will affect their anxiety levels between pitches, between hitters. What do you think this week has taught us, if anything, and what will we continue to learn about the pitch clock? Well, David, I don't think the young pitchers are a problem because uh, they came up with this. uh, They've been experimenting with this in the minor leagues up until this year. I think it's the veterans that have to get used to it. Guys like Scherzer and people like that that have to know what the limits are and how how that impacts uh, their delivery and being able to hold base runners on base. Also, uh, you know, different, different varieties of pitches that they throw now because of the fact that um, there's no shifting involved. So from all of that, uh, I I think there's a lot of positives out of it. The most positive thing that everyone's searching for is uh, knocking 20 minutes off of every ball game. So the the average time of game has been around 310 for Major League Baseball the last five years. If they can get it to 250, okay, with this, and the, not the not just the time of game, but the pace of the game. It's the pace. It's, yeah, it's, it's isn't the it? Pace. That's the pace. It's not the length as much as the pace, yeah. and things go quickly because you're not sitting there dilly-dallying between pitches and between hitters like, okay, gosh, is he really adjusting his batting glove again? No, not anymore. Yeah. We don't need to see guys scratching that much, okay? That's right. It's not, it's not necessary, okay? Do your business and, uh, before you get to the plate. Right. We don't need them to adjust their gloves. We don't need them to take three extra swings. Get in there, take your swings, get out of there, okay? Your at-bat is no more important than the next guy's at-bat. So from from all of that, I think there's going to be a lot of positivity out of this. And I think it's going to appeal to younger fans a little bit more, okay? And, and I think ultimately the marketing to millennials uh, and, and younger fans is what this is all about that they're going to major league baseball wants to prove that they are a sport 
that is worth paying attention to by people who don't have great attention spans. Uh-oh, did I say that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, my, my mind drifted. I couldn't really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Bruce. Look, I think the thing about, about it is, is, is you wonder, is, is last night the Cubs used seven different pitchers. They threw a no-hitter against the Padres. Two hours, 14 minutes. So you, you look at that, and it's naturally going to be more appealing because it, everyone's going to like it except for the concessionaires. That's going to be the one place where you're not going to see – you know, a, a lot of celebrating. The other, the other thing, Bruce, is people are talking about baseball. It's very difficult to quantify. But this spring training, it's a hot topic because of the changes in the game, the rules and otherwise. And I think that also is there's a buzz that didn't doesn't ordinarily exist. This year we're talking about pitching clocks. Last year we're talking about, you know, lockouts. And there's a big, huge difference in, in enthusiasm around the game. It's a great point, David. And most people look at baseball owners – too much okay i don't think they look at football owners and basketball owners quite as much as they do in baseball and say this is a stodgy group of old boys network you know mostly and they don't want to move their sport forward this is clearly a different way of looking at baseball different different way of looking at baseball ownership and an appeal from them to fans saying our sport is worth your time take a look this has been worth our time this morning. This has been a lot of fun. We have a lot of people to thank, Bruce, because this was an outstanding show. Thank you for your role in getting our guests because it, they delivered, both Cody Bellinger and Matt Flesh. Yeah, we thank them. We thank Sean Sears, our great producer, for a job well done. David, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine and our website, 670thescore.com, where I write Cubs and Sox during the week. Looking forward to more spring training. WBC coming up. Lots to talk about on the score all week long, David. I'll be checking you guys out 5 a.m. on Monday. We'll be there talking on the Mullion Haw Show opening day right around the corner, Bruce. Cannot wait until next Saturday already talking more baseball. Thank you for listening to Inside the Clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.